Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen Lassen. You can follow me on Twitter at AthlonSteven. And you can check out my work at AthlonSports.com and on YouTube at AllCFB365. There you have it. Rate, review, subscribe, all that great stuff. Um, bowl preview edition of the pod. And yes, we will pick games against the spread. We have some advice as to how people should go about gambling on bowl games, because that sounds completely insane to me to try to gamble on a glorified exhibition charity event. But that's just me, Stephen. Uh, but we will go through every single game, tell you what we're looking forward to. Some really interesting matchups that we just have literally never seen. Uh, a lot of these SEC teams have not played some of these teams. I think there's four brand new first time matchups, a couple of games where they've only played once or twice and not since like way, way, way back in the day. So uh, a lot of fun games we're going to get get to and uh, we'll give you some picks against the spread. And again, I think, Stephen, you've got a couple of locks for the people here. So we'll we'll attempt to do that uh, on this episode. Keyword attempt. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly right. But we're going to hit every single SEC game. So thanks for hanging out with us, of course, on our bowl preview edition here on Fringe Element, which, of course is brought to you by J.E. Dunn. Braden, they are great friends. They're a great sponsor of the show. They want you to come work for them. You don't need any experience. They have locations all across the Southeast. Braden, you've been there. Yep. Wonderful people. Great place to work. Great culture. What more can you ask for? I literally quitting. Perfect place to go. And again, if uh, you've heard me talk about this on the other episodes, but you, I've been into the office a bunch of times, their uh, Nashville offices. And again, like video games, record players, big green eggs, like chef style kitchens, like just high tech, advanced, doing everything they can to make their employees have like an awesome time at the office. It's really it's 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 a it's a novel concept, Stephen. It's a novel concept. It's basically sort of like a high level SEC players facility. Like it's just. Like the next, they're gonna have a putt putt course in, in Jay Dunn soon. <laughs> gonna have barber shops, yeah, recording right. studios, right. flight simulators, PS fives on every room. Hey, Jay Dunn, how tall is your waterfall? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Need and a lazy I'll... river through there too. <laughs> and then I'll come work for you. Uh, all right. So before we get into all the games and all the matchups, which again I think are gonna be quite fun, my first PSA to everyone out there is: do not attach any value to the outcome for your program. It, just, if you win this game, it doesn't mean you're going to have there's no data that indicates if you win your bowl game you're going to have a, a ton of success the next year or if you lose your bowl game you're going to have a bunch of failures in the offseason what matters is the practice time the paycheck and the travel that you get to sell to recruits and like the experience and the fun and the gear and the swag just remember enjoy them for what they are enjoy them for you know a, a, in the moment three and a half hours of four hours of fun maybe four and a half hours of fun uh don't don't over you know, value the actual outcome of the game. Just enjoy it for what it is. That's my that's my PSA, Stephen. I know you've got some gambling advice for the good folks. I agree with you even more now than five or 10 years ago because there's so many opt-outs. There's so many early declarees for the NFL draft, the transfer portal. Rosters are so much in flux now more than ever. So it's really just a postseason exhibition game at this point. Plus you add in coaching changes. It's hard to get a read on some of these teams. Couple words of advice though. I think keep in mind when you bet these games or you're doing a confidence pool, motivation. Figure out which team is more motivated to be there and then also fill in the rosters. You know, figure out the opt outs, figure out the injuries, the guys gone to the NFL draft. These are hard to bet. Those are two things that I always keep in mind. And the third thing I would keep in mind is anticipate potential opt outs, coaching or line movement. 
see the Citrus Bowl with <laughs> Purdue and LSU because you knew mm-hmm. once Louisville opened, Jeff Brown was a candidate. If you jumped on LSU early, you're looking pretty good right now yeah. because that line has shifted. So that those are three things I always keep in mind as soon as the bowl matchups are announced if you're trying to play some lines. Yeah, that one's up to 10 uh, for LSU. So Vegas telling you something there, that's that's for sure, with the head coach not being there. Um, yeah, I think that's all good sound advice. Again, just enjoy it. They're also called the games are called differently, which I actually, again, I think makes the games fun to watch. Like they're gonna coaches are gonna go for it more on fourth down. You're gonna play the game far less conservatively. You're gonna get new players out there and get some reps for your young players, especially at skill positions. So like, they're just fun. Just enjoy them. Uh, I, I, I will not be gambling. Steven, you will give the good folks a few pieces of advice and a couple of games that you may like, but let's, let's work our way through here. How about that? Um, of course, brought to you all by J.E. Dunn. December 17th, Saturday, Florida, 10 and a half point underdog to Oregon state in the Las Vegas bowl. This is the first ever meeting between these two teams in the history of the co- of college football, which is pretty cool. I love that about this. A little too much orange uh, that are both exactly the same orange. At least Tennessee and Clemson, different oranges. Uh, but Florida and, and Oregon State, very similar oranges. Uh, and I just love the style of the game. Oregon State loves to play a, a line of scrimmage game. Florida's interesting in terms of their talent as well. Billy Napier finishing up a season with trying to get to a winning record. Like I just think this is a fun matchup and a very good college World Series matchup if it was a baseball game. Yeah, also, we don't get many Pac-12 versus SEC bowl games. So the fact that we get these two teams in Vegas is pretty cool. You know, keep in mind when you're betting this game that Florida has been hit by opt-outs on both sides of the ball. Ventral Miller, Anthony Richardson, Osiris Torrance, their best offensive lineman. The line started at five and moved up to 10 quickly. Uh, Both teams are also kind of similar in the sense they run about 65 plays a game. So if you're looking for like possession over under, Probably going to both teams are probably going to try to run the ball. So this might be a lower scoring game, which is what we've seen out of Oregon State all year. They love to run one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12. Florida's had trouble stopping the run. So this is not a great matchup. And you and you also consider uh, the opt outs for Florida, too. I think you can easily see why this could get to 10. But I do think at 10, I'm willing to take a chance on Florida covering that, even with the third string quarterback starting. I think that the pace and the style they can keep it within striking distance. Is, and Oregon State's not a great passing team either. So, Is this a top three pick, though, of, of, of your bowl games? Probably a stay away from me, I think. <clears throat> All right. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I would stay away from it just because I don't really know what to make of Florida. Again, this is what makes this interesting is sort of I want to see what else Billy Napier's got in the closet. But also I love the fact that they never played. And I like Oregon State's style they kind of play like an SEC team and to your point we don't get a lot of Pac-12 SEC stuff so this one's I actually am really interested in this game I want to see the depth and the physicality for Florida with some new faces in some of those key positions as, as you alluded to the opt-out so uh, I just for some reason it's just a very intriguing game and like random as hell yeah <laughs> Florida and Oregon State and Las Vegas just random um December 23rd I was shocked Stephen that Wake Forest in Missouri December 23rd Friday in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. You should see the history of this bowl game and names. It's been Bitcoin. <laughs> it's been Magic Jack. It's been Beefo Brady's. Now it's yeah, Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, how the crypto bros doing these days? Um, <laughs> if the FT, any FTX uh, Super Bowl ads come in this year? <laughs> I don't, I don't I, no bowl game sponsorship either yet. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was shocked that Wake Forest and Missouri had never played. This is a one point spread. I I could not believe that these two teams had never played. I felt I feel like Wake Forest plays so many. SEC games and non-conference play, but and especially with teams with black uniforms, 
but it's almost always been Vanderbilt. Uh, I just was shocked that that I that these two teams had never played, and I guess I just hadn't thought about it. But it could be fun. Yeah, it should be. I think the the easiest way to describe this game is offense versus defense. You've got a Wake Forest standout offense with Sam Hartman at quarterback. Good playmakers at receiver. Missouri, one of the better defenses in the SEC. I think Wake Forest offensive line can be vulnerable to pressure at times. Missouri has been good at doing so. Also, Wake Forest defense really not great. And that could be good news for Brady Cook, who ended the season on a high note with a good performance against Arkansas. Dave Clawson is 4-2 and two in bowl games at Wake Forest. And the spread's hovering about 1-2 points. Keep in mind, Missouri will not have Dominic Lovett, the receiver. They do get Luther Burden, but they won't yeah. have Lovett. I, I actually like Wake here. I think this might be one of my better, uh, more favorite plays here. It's Ooh. only a point, and you're getting Sam Hartman potentially in his last game with Wake Forest. A lot of seniors have played a lot of ball uh, for the Demon Deacon. So I'll take a chance on uh, on Wake Forest there. It's one of my smart plays of the week. So top three? I think so. Top three. Jay, you don't, don't smart you don't like play of the one. week. No, I actually I do. Um, okay. I I'm, I'm with you on that. A point, Clawson, like you said, good track record of playing well in these games. Again, motivation. I could see Missouri going one of two different ways from from a uh, a psychological standpoint. Either they're super excited that they got to a bowl game and they let up, and ex- and, and 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 sort of exhale, or they're super excited they got to a bowl game and that keeps them extra motivated. So like again, it's impossible to know what type of Missouri. I mean, even when they were playing regular season games, it was hard to know what Missouri yeah. team was going to show up. <laughs> You you at least know what you're going to get with Wake Forest offense. So the 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 most the most sort of like predictable commodity in that game would probably be Wake Forest offense. Uh, December 28th. How about this? Here's a stat. Uh, this is the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Arkansas and Kansas. Now I again thought because of the regional proximity and and historical you know conference existences for both of these organizations, I assumed that they had played a few times. The last time Kansas and Arkansas played, the only time Kansas and Arkansas played, a 37-5 to Kansas win in 1906. Give me a break. Also, also uh, Kansas plus three in the game. <laughs> I, well, I, this is a good, this is a fun, this is, I love this lineup for the SEC. I think it's a really fun bunch of games. This is a great game. If you like offense, I think this game's going to add it. Yeah. Um, both teams are not great on defense. You know, we know Arkansas has had issues all year defending the pass. I think the good news for Kansas is quarterback Jalen Daniels came back at the end of the season. He was not 100%. The extra time to get him ready for this game probably benefits Kansas. Kansas is not great on defense though. They're last in the big 12 against the run. That could be problematic with rocket Sanders and KJ Jefferson and Arkansas offensive line. But Arkansas won't also won't have Drew Sanders. So a, a questionable defense won't have its best player. Also, Barry Odom is now the coach at UNLV. So yep, yep. there's a lot of defensive woes for both teams here. I think you're looking at a ton of offense here. This line opened at five and about five and a half points. It's dropped to three. Even then, I like Kansas to keep this one close because I think it's going to be a ton of points and maybe the last team with the ball wins. So I am betting on Lance Leopold, motivation. The Jayhawks cover that in the Liberty Bowl. Would you go Kansas plus three or would you go over 69? Nice. Both, I think. Okay. All right. Both are nice plays here. There you go. I see what you did there. Uh, I like that. I like that. J.E. Dunn. That's a J.E. Dunn smart comment of the week there by Stephen Lassen. Okay. Um, I like Kansas as well. I like the over as well. I think I would play the. I think I would play the over 
before I would play the three, I think. But 69 is a lot of points. So if you uh, if you get see. this at three and a half or four, you know, if it climbs back up, jump all I would jump all over Kansas. No, I agree with that. Uh, should, again, just an awesome, just super fun, random game. I, I think a lot of these matchups, except for this next one, which we've strangely seen a lot, which is bizarre. Um, f- this is the fourth. No, the fifth time, I believe, that Ole Miss and Texas Tech will play in a bowl game. Maybe it's the fourth time, but they've, they've only played six times total. Almost all of them have been in bowl games. They played a neutral site game, I believe, in the regular season a couple of years ago. This is Wednesday, December 28th in the Texas Bowl in Houston. So, you know, Lubbock's really far. I think your, your thought is like, oh, maybe a crowd advantage for for Texas Tech. But I think Lubbock, like, I haven't checked, but Lubbock might be farther away <laughs> than Oxford. I think the only thing we can say for sure, offense. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. We know, like, the, the easiest way to sum it up is this game is probably going to get wild. If you like crazy bowl games and just want to put the TV on and have some good background noise, well, I think this one might draw you in because of the offense that's going to be scored. Uh, you know, Texas Tech is seventh in the Big 12 in rush defense. It's not good news when you play Quinshaw Judkins, Jackson Dart, and Zach yep. Evans. On yep. the other side, Ole Miss has allowed 32 points a game in the month of November. So that's good news for Texas Tech uh, with the way that they can move the ball. So I I expect a ton of offense in this one. I lean Ole Miss to cover. It's about three or so. If it dips below that, I like Ole Miss even more. If it goes a little higher, closer to five or six, maybe you grab Tech in a high-scoring game. But I think Ole Miss, to me, is one of my smart plays for J.E. done Ooh, this week. Minus three, the number the total at 70, so even higher than the Kansas-Arkansas game. Um, Ole Miss has won four out of six of these meetings, so they actually have done pretty well in this matchup. Um, I'm with you. I like the Rebs. This is not one of my favorite plays, but but I would take the Rebels here as well. I, again, I would take Kansas if I was going some direction. I don't know anything about the Florida Orchestra. I would not touch that game at all, so I'm with you on stay away. Um, five, I just did the quick research here. Uh, it looks like you have to take a, a, a far less... Um, direct route from Oxford, right? You got to go down to New Orleans and then you shoot over, I think, through through I-10. Uh, but that's a 601-mile trip from Oxford to Houston, in case all y'all were wondering. Uh, 516 miles from Lubbock to Houston. A little bit more of a direct shot, though, but about the same distance. The same. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't too far off, but Lubbock technically closer, in theory, to Houston if you're driving. Um, okay, so I'll take the Rebels. Uh, another game, just awesome matchup that you just don't, haven't seen at all. December 30th on Friday, the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, South Carolina, two and a half point dog against Notre Dame. They have only played four times. Notre Dame is three and one in those four matchups. They have not played since 1984, though. Literally one time since I've been born, I'm 40 years old, has South Carolina and Notre Dame played in a game. So yet another totally random bizarro matchup that just seems so much like it's just a lot of fun and why bowl games exist. Yeah, this one should be fun. I think the problem is in trying to bet it, I would stay away because I don't we don't know about Notre Dame's quarterback situation. It looks like Tyler Buckner could be back for this game. Drew Pine transferred, Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey both declared for the NFL draft. So Notre Dame could be down two of its best players. And we assume Tyler Buckner will be back, but if we don't know for sure before kickoff, I think it's hard to bet. South Carolina, you know, they could be missing a couple pieces too. Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, left to go to Nebraska. Jaheim Bell transferred, but they will have Spencer Rattler for this game. South Carolina was 13th in the SEC against the run. That is not good news against Notre Dame and an offensive line of rushing tech. But given South Carolina has the edge of quarterback, 
I would take South Carolina to cover, especially if you can get it at three or over. I think there's some value there, which should be probably a close game. But you're going stay away as your first piece of advice. I would probably stay away unless we get some clarity about the quarterback situation for Notre Dame. Uh, Again, fascinating matchup. Notre Dame, much, much better as the season went along. South Carolina, much better as the season went along. So they they both seem like teams that could be playing their best football in this game, potentially. Um, I I know that that Notre Dame lost to USC, but they played pretty well, uh, I think, in that game. And, And obviously, South Carolina with the two top 10 wins to end the year. So ton of fun. Again, just totally random ass matchup. <laughs> that's, that's totally fun. Um, I, I, so I knew Clemson and Tennessee had a history. I didn't, I did not realize that they have, they had not played really since 1976, only one time uh, since 1976, the orange bowl, of course, appropriately named for Clemson and Tennessee to be playing in. Uh, they have the Amari Rogers bowl. Also, if you want to call it that, um, <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> the, uh, the son of T Martin who decided to shun, the University of Tennessee to go play at Clemson, um, and it's turned out to be a wonderful Green Bay Packer uh, for my Green Bay Packers. Uh, Eleven six and one. Tennessee has a series lead over this one, but again, only one time have they played since two thousand four. Here's a fun fact for you, Stephen. They played eleven times before nineteen twenty one. Like that's fascinating. They played yeah. almost every year from like the start of the the twentieth century to like nineteen twenty. Then they played like a couple times in the thirties, and then they like played a couple times in the seventies, and then they had one bowl game in like 2004 and that's it like it's it, they, i feel like it, these are great great brands southern brands uh lots of orange obviously and because no hendon hooker it does six and a half point favorite for clemson it's almost like with the, the proximity between these two schools yeah. maybe we could get some more uh non-conference matchups at the, at the start of the season but i think it is a hard game to to bet on just because of some of the things you mentioned like tennessee no Hendon Hooker. I think it's a big game for Joe Milton as we look forward to next season, you know, trying to yep. kind of solidify himself as the number one quarterback. Also, we don't know if Tennessee could be missing some receivers here, too. I think we'll see what Jalen Hyatt and some others do. Clemson could be missing some guys for the bowl game on defense. They switched to Cade Klubnick, you know, from DJ to Klubnick in the ACC championship game. Klubnick looked great. We know Will Shipley is going to be in for Clemson as well. So for Clemson, you got two studs on offense, a little bit more uncertainty on defense. You know, we'll see about Tennessee's offense uh, with Joe Milton in there. It's a tough matchup to peg because of this. I would probably at six and a half because I think there's going to be some points in this one. I would probably take a chance on Tennessee and kind of bank on maybe Clemson, maybe losing some guys to to opt outs for the NFL draft in this Uh. game. I don't know, man. It's one thing to put up 56 and miss every single open receiver against Vanderbilt. It's a whole other deal to play Clemson's defense. So I Clemson's have no secondary is the one area this I know, year where you I, can throw on it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He, if the players are wide open, Joe Milton cannot hit them. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you can't. In fact, that's a good place to be weak. Just don't cover him at all. Try to see if Joe Milton, just let Joe Milton try to throw the football into his own team's hands. It's not, he can't do it. It's not possible. So um, you like, you like Clemson to cover. Oh, I think Clemson covers easily. Yes. But, <laughs> but I'm not, but I wouldn't play it. That's, uh, you know, I, again, Tennessee may not have like <laughs> all of their best players. <laughs> so if, if that's the case, then Clemson is the play. I think if, I would stay away. I would stay. Yeah, away. I would stay away. But I think if you're trying to bet this game and you, th- and you think Tennessee is going to be down high in some other players then jump on Clemson because then I would guess the spread shoots up in Clemson's favor no and and again even with Hendon Hooker I could see if he's like hey I'm gonna play I would I would take Tennessee all day like I I I think the motivation for Clemson is highly questionable in this game considering they won their ACC champ they won their ACC championship but that's that's all they kind of could have accomplished and and they've been in the orange they've been in like 
how many bigger games has Clemson been in in the postseason for the last like ten years? It's like a, all of them, pretty and, much and, all of them, yeah. Right, and so I could see all of that, but I think without a guy who can accurately throw a football, <laughs> I think that that's where I'd lean Clemson. But again, how much does Tennessee just love being there for the first time versus Clemson's experience in big games? Who knows? Again, this is like a total unknown from a motivational standpoint. But I am fascinated to see Joe Milton without Alice Golish and Josh Heupel's offense. That would be that this is going to be a vision and a picture of what this team could be next year without their coordinator, and without their star star quarterback, which I think is going to, I think Tennessee fans should be prepared for what, what, what it looks like. <laughs> and if it looks great against Clemson, then maybe there's some more optimism. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would read too much into the point right, right, performance right. though. Like we say, take it with a grain of salt yeah. for, for next but, year, but getting to see it and what it will look yes. like, you know, it, how much is Josh Heupel? How much is goalish? We'll find out a little bit about that kind of stuff. Too. So, um, all right. Uh, Kansas state plus three and a half against Alabama. Again, two teams that have never played two polar opposites in terms of how like similar, but opposite, like philosophical programs. They, they are both built on a lot of the same principles, just very, one's a developmental league with culture, 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 and three stars. And the other guy is just the best players in the world. Bryce young and Will Anderson, I assume, are, are not going to be playing in this football game. Uh, so that's why, and Alabama traditionally has not done well when they miss the postseason playoff and they end up playing a Big 12 team. <laughs> that, that Oklahoma, is, 2013. In the Sugar Bowl, Utah. Utah pounded them one time when Andre Smith and all those guys, kind of like one of the first bowl games ever to have like a bunch of big-name players sit out. I think that was 08, maybe. Um, again, just two teams that have never played Saturday, uh, December 31st on New Year's Eve in the Sugar Bowl, of course, in New Orleans. Just a fascinating matchup. Like how I, watching Chris Kleiman celebrate after the Big 12 championship, I could see every like I could see all of Kansas State, all hands on deck, playing as hard as possible to, to put a win in a big time bowl game against a program like Alabama as like their top priority. I, I think Kansas State's gonna be highly motivated. Do you like Kansas State as yes. one of our smart plays of the week? It, Ma- maybe, line, maybe. It opened at about six and a half. It's been down yeah, to about three. We talked about anticipating. If Bryce Young doesn't play, and and neither does Will Anderson, keep in mind, Alabama's already lost two receivers to the transfer portal, Treshawn Holden and JoJo Earl. They've lost a couple guys at a position of need already, and they may not have a starting quarterback, and they may not have their the best defensive player maybe in college football or the second best one. To me, there's value right now in Kansas State yep. at three and a half. I think you, if, if Bryce Young doesn't play, this is going to shift even more. I think you, you we talked about it, motivation. It's all there for Kansas State as the Big 12 champ going into the Sugar Bowl with Deuce Vaughn and all those veterans on the offensive and defensive line that have played for K-State. So I like K-State as one of our smart plays of the week. All uh, right. All right. So you're so you're uh, you've got Wake Forest as a, as a top play. You've got Kansas State as a top play. Did you have Ole Miss as a top play or Kansas or were those not top three? What, what, give me your give me your order so far of your top three plays. Kansas State. Okay. That's and, number one? Yes. Ooh, I would okay. go I would go Ole Miss in there too. Okay. Ole Miss number two. And Wake Forest in there. Okay. All right. A couple all right. Just I just want to make sure everybody gets the priorities and the order here. Kansas State number one play on the board if you're gambling the SEC games. Uh again, Alabama. I I I tend, I agree with you. So uh the Mark Stoops bowl, of course, and for the second time in one calendar year. Kentucky and Iowa will play a football game again. They played in 2022 already <laughs> at the end of last season uh, in the Citrus Bowl 2017 game. This, is, this one's, of course, December 31st in the Music City Bowl. So, again, 
the second time in 2022 that Iowa and Kentucky, Mark Stoops' alma mater, Iowa, his team, Kentucky, are playing in a bowl game, the honorary Mark Stoops Bowl. And 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 zero potential points in the entire game. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is the... Uh, One and a half, I would take the under on... No, no, two and a half, I might take the under total. Safe, <laughs> I mean, safety wins it. On, on one hand, we have Ole Miss and Texas Tech, which is just <laughs> going to be wild. On the other hand, there's going to be a lot of punts and defense in Kentucky and Iowa. Keep in mind, Iowa's offense struggled all year. They're down to their third-string quarterback for the bowl game. They've had some receivers transfer. Kentucky doesn't have Will Levis. They don't have Chris Rodriguez. There's I just a, there's saw the a, total. I just saw the total. <laughs> there's an interim offensive coordinator for Kentucky. <laughs> 31 and a half. That is absurd. That is worse than all of the Big Ten West gate jokes we make all the time. And keep in mind, last year when these two teams played, they, you know, they hit about 37 points, and that was with Wondell Robinson, Will Levis, and yeah. a full uh, allotment of players for Iowa. This one literally might be a 13 to 10 type of game. I'm not uh, kidding. Go down. I, go down. I, down. Single, I have single digits for both teams. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. The under is, a, is, is probably my favorite play here. If you're thinking about like how to bet this game from like, Iowa's probably got a little better defense. They have an unbelievable punter and it might matter. For <laughs> field position. They have an unbelievable <laughs> punter. <laughs> Honestly, I have, he is, no, he's great. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. yeah Tory Taylor's is, is great. And yeah. it could matter for field position in a close game. In all seriousness, oh I have God. no idea who's going to win this game, but I think playing the under is probably the smart play uh, giving the offensive issues for both of these teams going into I, this. I, I would stay away from this game entirely. Uh, I mean, yes, the under is hilarious and just a fun thing to root for. Um, but like watch the, watch for the train wreck. That, that's what you watch. It'll be nine to six. And it will have been a touchdown and a missed extra point. It won't even be two. It won't even be five field goals. It'll have been one off, like one defensive touchdown or a fumble off of a punt from the Iowa punter. And Kentucky scores on like a recovered fumble, a muffed punt, and then misses the extra point and loses it, nine to three or nine this to six. Is, I think this is the lead in to the college football playoff, too. I know. It's so it's, ridiculous. It's, <laughs> it's it, just watch this special train wreck happen in real time yes and, uh, I, you know what i might bet the under just to be rooting actively for the under to hit at, at 31 and a half that's just spectacular otherwise i'm staying all the way that that's my motivation for for having to watch that game is gambling on the under um all right uh, i'm just going to mention ohio state georgia it's not really a game we're talking about because it's not an actual bowl game technically i mean i know it is but it's it's a it's an actual football game it's a championship game that one is the december 31st it's ohio state plus six and a half i i did not realize that they'd only matched up one time in history Back in 1992 in the Citrus Bowl, I, I would have sworn that, again, Ohio State and Georgia, like all these matchups, yeah. we would have seen them more often one time ever. So, frankly, for, for playoff purposes, again, I, I I would hammer Georgia minus six and a half right now. If, if you can get it there, if it goes up to seven and a half, maybe you change your mind. Uh, but I'm not really asking you for analysis on this game. I'm just mentioning that it's a bowl game that exists in there. Uh, but really, it's a playoff game. So Yeah, no, I, I think your assessment on the line is where I am, too. I think if it's under a touchdown, I'd be willing to play Georgia. I think if yep. it goes seven and a half or eight, I'm looking at Ohio State. But you know, we'll have plenty of time to dissect this matchup. But I think watch the line movement on this one because that number is going to be key for me in terms of betting. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, January 2nd. Um, you've got Mississippi State and Illinois, Mississippi State plus two in this matchup. They've only played twice again in the history of the two programs, 1923 and 1980. So never in my lifetime 
have these two programs matched up in the Relia Quest Bowl? What? It's the bowl formerly known as the Outback Bowl. So what a joke. What a joke. Um, no disrespect. I'm sure you're a wonderful company, but what a joke. Uh, Tampa, Florida, of course, January 2nd. Um, I love the, the, the contrast and styles here. Old, old Bert's going to hand the ball off to Chase Brown like 57 times. And Mike Leach is going to have Will Rogers throw it like a thousand times. And so you just get to watch the two dichotomies of style and personality and coaching traits Two like hilarious characters. So if you're going to watch some press conferences, this is the bowl game to watch the press conferences might be more entertain- entertaining than, than even uh, the game itself. Mike Leach, remember famously going after all of Texas tech alum- administration last year in his press conferences, and then got his ass kicked by Texas tech in the bowl game. Uh, so just a fun game. And again, a matchup that's only happened twice ever and not once during my lifetime. So it's a really interesting game of contrast. You know, like you said, Mississippi state with Will Rogers and those receivers, Mike Leach's offense, Illinois has been really good this year defending the pass. Only eight passing touchdowns allowed, 22 interceptions, three defensive backs picked for all Big Ten honors. Some of this is Big Ten West offenses are are primarily bad, but but I do think that this is legitimately a very good defense for Illinois. Uh, Mike Leach is three and five in his last eight bowl games, and they got crushed last year against a Texas Tech team they should have beat. So I'm going to be looking to play Illinois Ooh, here. Yeah. And I think defense running the ball behind Chase Brown, I think they get a very close victory in the Outback ReliaQuest Bowl. Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, Brett Bielema, very familiar with SEC programs, was in the same division as Mississippi State for a while. Um, I'm not sure what that means because it wasn't Mike Leach. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, a again, I think, Illinois defense also very good in the secondary part of that part of the reason that defense is so good is they've got good corners and a lot of good cornerbacks in this game, by the way, uh, some, some, some future NFL talent on both sides. I, I think they've got the dudes that can slow down those receivers for Mississippi state and at least make Mississippi state's offense think about stuff. And uh, so I think it's gonna be interesting. I like Illinois as well. Not one of my top plays, but I like Illinois as well. January 2nd, last one here, Purdue, as we mentioned, plus 10 against LSU in the citrus bowl in Orlando, Never before seen matchup yet again. Never happened before. We've never, Purdue and LSU have never played. A lot of Big Ten people comparing these two teams at the end of the season. Like, what's the difference in Purdue and LSU? Going Like, they both won their division. Both lost a couple, you know, what, four times, I think, Purdue in the regular season. LSU four times after losing to Georgia. Um, without Jeff Brom, though, 10-point spread, number shoots up, LSU heavy favorite here. Yeah, Purdue will have a Brom leading the team. It's just yeah. going to be Brian Brom, the, who is his brother. He was the offensive coordinator. But Jeff was the play caller. And I think that's the problem here for Purdue. Um, Jeff Brom is already off to Louisville. Ron English, who was their defensive coordinator, he's already off to Louisville. They got a short staff for this game. You know, LSU, I think, is playing with the, pretty much the full roster absent, maybe one or two pieces. But for the most part, they're going to be uh, you know pretty much locked in for this game. And I, I think motivation is there. Yep. for LSU to finish this on a high note. So I, I think with a shorthanded Purdue team, I'm taking LSU even at 10. I liked it a lot better at six uh, before the Braum news, but I think I would still play LSU. I just think too shorthanded for Purdue. And I think LSU's defense eventually just takes control here. Yep, I, I agree. A lot of talent. And that is the difference between these two programs. One team is loaded with NFL players. The other team is loaded with a bunch of Iowa State transfers. So, um, <laughs> and, and maybe the best I... Maybe the best Iowa State transfer ever, by the way. I love old, old, uh, what do they, what does they call him? This Chuck Sizzle? What, Chuck Sizzle. Yeah. What's the deal with Gus? 
<laughs> what a goober. Um, I, I love it though. He's he's a re- Charlie Jones, really fun player to watch for you SEC fans. Um, the wide receiver for Purdue, really really good player. So he's fun to watch. Um, I, yeah, the coaching issues the problem there. All right, so w- give me your top three picks of all these games in order from one to three. I think let's let's go with um... number one best bet, smartest play. Jedun.com. Check him out for a great career opportunity. Jedun, baby. 25 offices across the Southeast, top 100 healthiest place to work, 5 billion in annual revenue, and they care about your career as much as you do. What else do you need to know? It's it's like going to work for to the Alabama of the construction world, okay? It's what it is. Yes. Uh, and as, but not as, in bowl games, but not bowl game Alabama, like real playoff Alabama. Right, and as your visit to the office showed, the SEC checks cleared with all the wonderful facilities they have. So if you're <laughs> yes. quiet quitting, this would be a good place to, uh, there you go. to work. If you're looking for the top plays, I think let's start with Kansas State. I think let's okay. anticipate some line movement because of the opt-outs potential for Alabama. I think All the right. motivation is there for K-State as well. I'm actually going to go Wake for a second. I think just if you can get it a point, point or two in a close game, and at three, let's go Ole Miss uh, against Texas Tech. I think at three, I, I like the Rebels there. You know, if it goes a little higher, I think maybe you look at playing tech because it could be a close game, yep. but three, two and a half, give me the Rebels. All right, Kansas State plus the three and a half against Bama. We're going to grade you on these, Stephen. Wake Forest minus one against Missouri and Ole Miss, of course, minus three against Texas Tech. Uh, I'm with you on Kansas State. That's probably my favorite play as well. Again, it's all about motivation, and I think Kansas State might be the most motivated team of any team we've talked about the entire day outside of the Georgia-Ohio State game, which would be my top pick. Georgia minus six and a half would be easily because that's a more predictable football game because it's an actual football game. So uh, any any others that you like? I mean, I, I do like I think LSU, but at 10, that's I like little, LSU. I mean, I, I like LSU there uh, laying the 10 um, and pass rush can get all over Aiden O'Connell. You know, I just think that's a that's a, an advantage there for for LSU. Um, I'm, I stay away from a lot of this stuff, man. I don't I don't throw a lot of money down on bowl games uh it's very dangerous um again i would vote for fun i would do fun stuff like vote the take the under in the kentucky iowa game and then take the over in kansas arkansas and Ole Miss, texas tech just for fun like just maybe you know half a unit or whatever put it down on those and just be like i'm gonna watch this game it's gonna be very interesting or (laughs) it'll be either historically bad or historically good we're not sure and (laughs) you know but but just gamble on the badness and have some fun with it. Uh, otherwise, Jay Dunn top pick. I'm with you on Kansas State and Wake. Those two. I'm, I don't. I don't feel as strongly as much as as you do about Ole Miss. I might like LSU more, but if I was going to go open up the app and place a bet right now, it would be Kansas State and Wake Forest. So I'm with you on those two. So we agree. This is why you listen to Fringe Element, of course. Brought to you by Jay Dunn. Stephen, where can the great people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Aflon Stephen, and you can check out my work at AflonSports.com and also on YouTube, All CFB Three Six Five. There you have it. You can follow me at Braden Gall at 440 Sports on the YouTube page as well. Go to jdunn.com, everybody. Just look at their career tab. I think they have over 200 jobs available if you're looking to make a change or just want to be interested. Maybe you're not really looking for a change and you didn't know that you could have it so good at J.E. Dunn. Just go check it out. jdunn.com. Top 100 healthiest place to work in America. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. Stephen Lassen, my name is Braden Gall. Thanks for hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network.